Welcome to the Gotham Sports Report Podcast on 89.1 FM WNYU. Here are your hosts, Jack Dweck, Joe Kurtz, and Morris Zarif. Hello and welcome to Gotham Sports Report. I am welcomed to be back. Thank you guys for holding the fort last week. But we have a ton of things to get to, uh, starting with the amazing. And guys, we get on baseball all the time, and rightly so. But this week, baseball held an amazing production. Fox held amazing production of the Field of Dreams game. And the Yankees played the White Sox and really just a a Hollywood finish, a great game, a great game for baseball. It had 16 million viewers. Um, the Yankees ultimately felt short, but I think that that game was still a confidence booster for them. But they took the next two games from the White Sox after that, and it looks like the Yankees have completely turned it around since the trade deadline. So I'm interested to hear what you guys have to think about the game and have to think about their response to, to the loss as well. First off, first off. We did more than hold down the fort without you here. Honestly, it, it was one of our best productions that we've put on. And it's great to have you back and all, but it was a, it was a, it was nice and easy flowing. Not for a second do we have to stumble or think about what we wanted to say. You know, we didn't have to worry you know about why? you. Yelling. Just, tell you there's why. no hockey talk. I'm going to tell you why right now. It's because there, there's no one to go against you. There's no one to check you when you're wrong. That's no, the no, thing. Me and, Mozart no. is just going to agree with no, you. Yes, no, you're that's Yankees not fans. You're, you're agreeing with each other. No, it's not true. going to hate on Boone a little we bit. Smiled, we smiled. We cried. We, we screamed at each other. It was all the emotions in one show. We had rants. We had happy talk. It was, it was just – it was really perfect. It was one of those type of shows that just, like, the fireworks went off from the start. Jack, don't worry. I'm happy that you're back. Thank you, Mars. I appreciate it. That's not what you were texting me before. <laughs> oh, you know what? It's been, what, eight months since we started, right? Something like that to that effect. More or less, yeah. Seven months? Eight months. This Sounds was right. the first episode I missed. This was the first episode I missed. You guys both missed episodes. I needed a break. It's the summer. It's the dog days of August. I needed a break. Listen, we're glad to have you back. You guys could say... You guys could say that one episode was good without me, but I make the show. It wasn't good. It was great. But the show was here because of me. Hey, 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 I think Remember all that. three of us. No, no, no. We're, we're a team. Remember all that. three of us make the show. Remember that. Yeah, okay. Let's get back to the Yankees, all right, Yankees, please. Field of Dreams. What a game. What a game. The MLB finally decided to do something to put on a show for their fans to try to attract an audience that they never tried to attract. Um, I know it's like an... 80s or 90s movie, but it still was made for the younger kids to have a game in the middle of Iowa, in the middle of a cornfield. It really was a good game, and just having the Yankees there as a Yankee fan was something special. So just like to recap the game quickly, the Yankees were down 7-4 in the ninth, and all hope was lost. But Aaron Judge hits his second home run of the game off of Liam Hendricks, a two-run home run, makes it 7-6, followed by Stanton magically somehow. After my rant last week, he really listened to our show. And he hit a two-run homer to put the Yankees up by one, but ultimately they fell short on Tim Anderson, Walker Homer, and it sucked as a Yankee fan. But it was really good for baseball because this was 
their most watched regular season game, like you said, 16 million fans. And they put on one of their best shows, honestly, one of the most entertaining regular season games I've seen in a while. Um, it had all the emotions, like I said. And it was just a really good show for baseball. So I, I hope it worked in attracting younger audiences. And as a Yankee fan, I'm glad that they got to play through it. So obviously the Field of Dreams game was a great production by Major League Baseball. And they should definitely be trying ways to do it every year. They just announced actually that the Reds and Cubs will be doing it next year in the same spot. And I want to see more twists that they do on the game. So it's definitely a great game. It was great scenery, great great pictures that they uh, presented throughout the whole game. And they really encompassed the movie as well, which was cool. And obviously, like we said, it's, it was a Hollywood ending. My biggest take on that series against the White Sox, though, wasn't really the Yankees. Yes, the Yankees offense showed up. It's really how bad the rest of the, the American League is. Let me explain. The Chicago White Sox went one in five against the New York Yankees. They don't pitch, in my opinion, they beat up on bad teams. They beat up on teams like the Twins, on the Tigers, on the Royals, and on the Indians. And then their record is bona fide, in my opinion. I hear you, but look, look at the White Sox rotation. They have Lance Lynn, they have Rodon, they have overrated. Gio Alito's good. Lance Lynn is overrated. I will always say this from when he, before he, when he was a St. Louis Cardinal, when he was New York Yankees. I completely disagree. Completely disagree. He's a Cy Young candidate. Sub three R. Because right? he, I think, think Giolito is overrated, if anything. But your title he faces off against the Indians. He faces off against the Indians, the Twins, the Royals, the Tigers on a weekly basis. It's not he's facing off against bona fide scrubs. Let's let's play it straight up. Hundred percent true, but you can't keep you can't cry about the schedule because at this point, how many games are we into the season? Hundred games into the plus. season, let's say a little bit more. Plus. Okay, at, at that point, it evens itself out. They're playing teams from other divisions. They're playing teams from the National League. Can't cry about the schedule so much. You got to play to your schedule. Anyways, I think – Your division are good. The Yankees do have a better division than the White Sox do. You got to play to your division. I, I think a big – The Padres might not even make the playoffs with one of the best rosters in baseball. You, you just have to play to your division. You have to play to, to your matchups. Yeah, but I, I think a big storyline that we have to talk about with this game is is the bullpen usage. Because I know Mark on the sidelines, he's texting about the way Aaron Boone uses his bullpen. Um, in the ninth inning of, of the Field of Dreams game, he went to – he used Zach Brayden as his closer. Um, the following day, he went to Chad Green, who blew the game, but Zach Brayden in the 10th after Zach Brayden allegedly said that he didn't want to be used in a closing situation – so I honestly want to hear Morris's rant about this because I know Morris has a lot of opinions. I want to say something first. Morris, I'll let you go on your rant. What kind of team? I've, I don't think I've ever heard this happen before. Correct me if I'm wrong. Where the player had to go publicly and said, I told the coach to take me out of the closers role. People want to be closers, right? The, the top of the relief totem pole, the people that make the most money, People who are the most successful become closers. Zach Brand was a top closer in baseball. Finally, he got an opportunity after Aroldis Chapman to become closer, and he stepped down from it after a couple games. Why wasn't Aaron Boone taking him out of that role? If, if clearly uh, uh, he had no confidence in himself, no confidence in himself, and Aaron Boone keeps throwing him out there to fail, the Yankees keep throwing him out there to fail, so he has to tell them that he doesn't want to do it anymore to protect the team. 
shouldn't the coach be protecting the team? I agree. If you're going to have that kind of player on your team who's pitching for you and you're going to trust, he doesn't trust himself, it's a huge problem. Are you running Green. a player ragged out there? We all, we all know that what Britain did was the correct thing. If, if he wasn't performing in a job, he said, don't pitch me in these high leverage situations. Pitch me, pitch me in lower leverage situations. I don't like that he came out and said that he told Aaron Muna. It shows weakness. It shows a little bit of a weakness for this team. And yes, this bullpen has been troubling, troublesome lately. And the way Aaron Moon has utilized it lately is really troublesome. It's the guy, guys like Chad Green and Zach Ray and really are supposed to be doing the heavy lifting have stepped tremendously down. And guys like Albert Obreu and Joely Rodriguez and Wandy Peralta have really stepped up their game during this past week as well. It's, it's concerning when you're vying for a playoff spot and your top relievers, Chad Green and Zach Green, can, cannot be trusted. They're completely unreliable in closing situations. I think Chad Green blew three or four saves this year. Britain has like a six ERA. And now Chapman's he's unavailable. So what are you going to do in these situations? The only guy that I could really see them turning to is Loisica. But for some reason, Boone still will turn to Chad Green and and Zach Brin, and it, it's not working time in and time out, and that's just concerning as a Yankee fan because as a manager, you need to see him use the bullpen correctly, and if I'm going to knock Aaron Boone for something, I'm going to knock him for this because I don't think he uses it the right way. I've never thought he did since 2018 when he first stepped out as manager. He didn't really use the bullpen the right way, and it's just concerning moving forward. You have to take oh, every single game possible, and, and they don't do that as a team. One other aspect I think that Yankee fans have to realize we're not in the days of Mariano Rivera anymore. We're not in the days where you really 99% of the time can rely on a save being shut down. That's it. You're not yeah, in those days anymore. No, I hear you. But um, if we're in a closing situation and Chapman's Chapman, you go to him 100 times out of 100. I'm not going to expect him to be 100% like Mariano, but he's your guy. He's your guy. Yeah, yeah. but also, also it's fickle. And, and the Yankees are now facing what the 30 other teams in baseball had to face for forever, right? Because after Mariano, then they had David Roberts, and then they had Chapman after that, who was solid for years. Eventually, people fall off a cliff. You saw with Yuri's familiar. You saw with Henry Mejia on the Mets. A pitcher could be great and suddenly just drop off. And that's normal in baseball. It really is normal. So Kenley Jansen also. Especially, especially for a guy who relies on 100-mile fastball. Eventually, your fastball is going to slow down. And you're going to drop off. Miami. Right, and you're going to have games where you just can't control a pitch or you throw a slider over the middle. It yeah. happens. And, like, Mariano was more crafty than he was blown by someone. So that's why he was able to have such longevity. But with Chapman, he relies on a fastball, a 100-mile-per-hour fastball, and a slider that just drops off the top. But there's going to be days where you can't control that and your velocity is just not there. and You will be hit. And that's the problem with this Yankee team. Either way, we're talking about the problems of the team, but they've been playing great lately. So I want to get in their due credit because we have been hard on them all season long. Um, but let's see, because they're still, as Mara said, it's a tough division that they're in. They're in a tough division. They're still five and a half games out from the division lead. Um, I don't know if there's a path to division titles, and they're going to have to go through and try to get a wild card spot. Over the A's um, and- 
they have won 10 of 11 series, which is, and the only series that which they did lose was a series they had in their hands against the Red Sox in Fenway. So it's really, they've improved much uh, since the beginning of July, really. They've been playing much better. Now they're starting to get all their guys back. Rizzo should be back on Tuesday. Gary Sanchez should be back on Tuesday. Gary Cole pitched to Jen tonight. And Jordan Montgomery should pitch tomorrow as well. Right, and a huge blow um, with Luis Severino getting set back. He was really supposed to come back. He's, he's not a Yankee. He's not a Yankee. He's not a Yankee. Yeah. Huge blow on paper, but not a huge blow to any Yankee fan because not one Yankee fan realistically expecting him back. He's no Syndergaard. He might not have been expecting him back, but still, I think that the the, the Yankees front office was expecting him uh, yeah. sometime this season. And Kluber, it's already been months since we thought he'd be out a month. Kluber, they're, so, saying, they're saying within the next few weeks. He's making a rehab tonight, I believe. That's okay, so that, that situation is so fluid with all these guys. That the rehab just never works for some reason with starting pitchers. They always get set back. And speaking of setbacks, let's get to the Mets now. I think <laughs> setbacks not the word. I no, but I think that the biggest, the biggest obstacle to the Mets, the biggest thing that that really put a damper on what was they swept the Nationals. They swept the Nationals and looked positive going into the Dodgers series. It really did. Now we get the news of the Jacob Degrom setback. Another one, more weeks of him being shut down. It's a huge blow to the Mets. He was the life of the Mets the whole first half of the year. And the yeah. day he got hurt, that's when the Mets started to tank. Do you realize he was he was really the star of this team? He was what was holding them together with Lindor out, with Conforto out, with McNeil out, with Davis out. It's he funny. was what was keeping them together. And now that he's hurt, first off, they have no rotation. They have no pitching. They, Carlos Carrasco coming back from injury has not been himself that he was last year. McGill's starting to look human after a great start. Taiwan Walker had a great outing his last time, but before that, his five starts before that, since the All-Star break, were dreadful. Stroman's been the only consistent pitcher on this team. So to not have DeGrom and to get the news of, of him being out a couple of weeks, it's a huge blow. And then to have to play the Dodgers and Giants for 13 games straight, it's a huge blow. But I want to get to these this past series because there were two winnable games, two very winnable games for the Mets. One, which reminded me of the Yankees' Field of Dreams game, where the Mets were down four, tied it, and then lost on a home run. Then there's not a home run, sorry, they, they lost. But then the next game... Tywon Walker has a perfect game into the sixth. But gives up a home Mueller. run, and then they lose. Then the next game, they just get thoroughly routed. It's demoralizing. It hurts the team. Pete Alonso could say that they're sure of themselves, but it doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like it. Yeah, but did you listen to what Pete Alonso said in that interview? Did you listen to yeah, the he said, don't believe, no. Uh, he explained he that it's like, you have to stick with us, believe in us, because... We're putting our jobs out there on the like it's it's like our lives are on the line for this because our job like as if it wasn't because he, as if it wasn't he everyone has another job. It's like the, you're a major league a baseball player. Every single person is doing the same thing as you are. It was one of the most stupid like speeches. He's not a leader. I, I, that's the, he the literally he has another funny sound. He's like Adam Gase. He has another f- funny sound bite every week. It's just that we get to speak no, about. No, he is not. He's like Adam Gase. 
One second, hey, one second. You could say he's 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 not a leader, Jack. He's I a think he's a leader. leader. I think I he's a little because he's young. But Jacob Degrom was the real leader, and he was the same leader of the team. So we didn't get the sound bites from him. I think he led silently with how he, you know, with how he led by example, right? With the work ethic, with how he put himself out there on the field. Pete Alonso isn't that. Pete Alonso is the guy that's going to run around the bases with his fist pumping. That that's how he is. Does that end a way to get them energized? Sure, but it doesn't last the same way that hard work or ethic, ethics, things like that, that Jacob deGrom exhibits. He's trying too you know, hard. How that affects too him. Hard. He, is, he is trying too hard, but for some people, and fans like Pete Alonso. Yeah, because he's a good player. He's, they, don't, uh, they, they don't like for what he says. They just like him for his ability and his performance. Well, obviously, wouldn't everybody like a star that has performance? No, but Mets haven't taken to, Mets fans haven't taken to Lindor because he hasn't been playing well. He'd be the leader of the team if if, if right. he actually played well. It's, it's funny because you know the whole time we had our trade deadline shows, we we kept drilling in the fact that the Mets should pick up a pitcher, should trade for this, should get Kyle Gibson or whoever or Berrios, and they went out and got Rich Hill, and now it's really biting them. Great point. Great point. Great point. The biggest need for them was starting pitching. We said it over and over. Uh, I like Berrios. What, what if you use Pico Armstrong, who was your number one pick why? last year, to get, get a pitcher? Baez. Why would you want? Why do you get Bias? Why don't you pick you up? Get Bias, who is not a position of need. You have McNeil at second base. You have McNeil at second base. You have Guillaume slash JD Davis at third, and Lindor when he comes back at short, and you fill in Guillaume before, and Guillaume has been playing better than Lindor the whole season. And, and please don't tell Why me that. Why have Baez, Kurtz? Why have Baez? They're no. going to have to either pay the $300 million to keep him next season, or you're letting him go giving up your fifth best prospect. It's a lose-lose situation. There was no point in Zach Scott picking him up. Zero point. They did not need a second baseman. If they wanted to get offense, they could have gone to get Chris Bryant, who's more of a position of need at third. They could have gotten Rizzo. They could, they could get players for cheaper, much cheaper. The Yankees got Gallo and Rizzo for much cheaper. Why? There was no reason to do it. And and more to criticize the Mets, look at how George Springer's been playing for, for, for Tampa. Not Tampa, sorry. For Toronto. Look at how JT Realmuto, who they chose McCann over JT Realmuto. Look how he's playing for the Phillies lately. You know what's crazy about Springer? It's the fact that he was out for like the first two, three months and he still has more hits and more homers than like every single guy the Mets ran out at center field. In like it's a week. Like 33 games and has 16 homers. It's crazy. In one week, basically, whatever, 33 games, one month, he, he out hit every single guy the Mets ran out there. The Mets, it, it really it's organizational wrong. malpractice. I like this term. I texted it to you this morning. It really is. The fact that they went out and got bias, that's malpractice. The fact that they didn't make – I don't know. I'm not going to call them malpractice on Springer but not getting him, but the fact that they chose McCann over Riamuto, if they had an actual chance of Riamuto, that's a bad decision. But really the fact that they didn't get a starting pitcher, that's malpractice. You can't do that. You, you needed a starting pitcher. It was obvious. And don't tell me that the Mets didn't know that Jacob DeGrom – had a likelihood of suffering a setback. You're following this guy. He's your prized possession. You're looking at him every single day. Don't tell me that they didn't have any tiny inkling that they would need to pick up another starting pitcher outside of Rich Hill, who's a 41-year-old. Even if he was in, even if he was in, you needed another starting yeah, and pitcher. And don't tell me you didn't know that Tywan Walker hasn't pitched 
He pitched 70 innings in the last four years combined. Don't tell me that you don't expect a, a, a regression from him. And don't tell me you don't expect that from Carrasco, who hasn't pitched all year. Listen, listen. I did this two weeks ago with the Yankees. I, I want to look at the Mets next year, right? Let's say they get into the playoffs somehow, win the division, get, get knocked out in the first round by a better team. Somehow, I'm being positive right now. They come into the roster. They're, they're looking into the offseason, Joe and Mars. They're looking into the offseason. What do we do with this roster? You're losing bias. You're either signing bias or you're no. losing bias, which they're going to lose bias. You're going to have to re-sign Jacob DeGrom, give him an extension. You're going to have to decide if you want to keep Stroman. Okay? You're going to have to decide if you want to keep Conforto. You're going to have to decide if you want to keep Syndergaard. And their payroll is already one of the top in, uh, top payrolls in baseball. We always get on the Yankees and Cashin's case for, for spending. The Mets are going to have to spend to keep, what, a subpar roster? A roster that can barely make the playoffs when when Atlanta doesn't have the uh, Cunha and, and, and the Nationals had to trade their whole team? Phillies um, haven't had a bullpen all year. Is that is that the best we could do for, for Steve Cohen's money? That's question. what the Mets have to ask themselves. I have a question. If, if the Mets didn't sign Lindor to this massive extension in the beginning of the year, what do they do with him at the end of the season? Are they giving him money or are they going Absolutely to not. Him? They wouldn't give him money. So no. What, guess, what, guess what they have – guess so they, where they, they would they have They cornered been. themselves in. They would have been either in the market for Trey Turner. I really think so. I really think so. For how cheap the, the, the Dodgers got him. They would have been in the market for Trey Turner. There was no reason other than to satiate the fans to sign Francisco Lindor. And the media caused this, and, and the fans caused this by pressuring Steve Cohen. And I think that this was the, this was the problem with the Wilpons also. He bowed. He thought that he's a new owner. He's going to please the fans, make them happy. And you cannot do that as an owner. Sometimes you have to make a decision that is going to upset your fans for the best for the best course of action for your club. And it's not to give a guy. Francisco Lindor did not play well last year or the year before. You don't give a guy who it's 270 in his career. You don't give him $300 million. There's no reason to do it. There's no reason to sign a guy for 10 years. And they could have waited. They could have waited. And they would have had the option of Seager. They would have had the option of Correa. Why? There was no purpose. No purpose to it. Nahmed Rosario's been playing better. He's been ha having a really good season. Quietly, he's been having a great season for Cleveland. That's the sad part of this. What's your they could have kept Rosario and, and signed someone else and moved him to the outfield. It would have solved their center field problem if they moved him to the outfield. What's your, what's your prediction moving forward? Playoffs or no? I want to hear what you Not the way they're playing now. It, it really, if they took those two games against the Dodgers, the one-up game and the four-up game, if they took those two games, the Mets were in a great spot. They needed five of eight. They, they needed five wins out of these 13. If they went five and eight and they had an easy schedule after these, after these uh, games again in the West Coast, they had an easy stretch going into the playoffs, they would have had a shot. I don't think they could do it now. They could go five and three on a West Coast swing. You really think so? No, I think they win two, three games max. 
It's, uh, it's... Mozart, what do you think? Playoffs or not? We lost Mozart. He fell asleep. Oh, I was muted. I was muted. Um, but just to give the Mets a little bit of credit, like they had a lot of trouble, obviously, with the whole Jared Porter situation and then having to bring in Zach Scott, who is an experience, I think, realistically. They had to do so much work. And yes, they didn't, they made wrong moves, whatever. But they were put in a horrible situation to begin with to try to fix this roster. And to try and you know what they did, they thought they had the shortstop of the future in the door, and they gave him the money, which I don't mind. I don't mind at all. Certainly, they yeah, were in that, in that. Oh no, no, Morris, I'm sorry. Still... I'm sorry. No, no, no. You they, still have they Sandy. Don't get a pass. They do not get a pass. It's Sandy Alderson. Guy's been on the Sandy team for ninety-seven. He had a year off. He had a year off. Does he not know the roster? Is this not his roster that he either drafted? Or signed? Did he not sign Cespedes to a disgusting guys, contract? Did he 73 not sign? years old, guys. He's 73 he years old. He's right the contract. These are bad contracts. <laughs> well, he just becomes like, he becomes impossible to work with once he hits the age of 70. Like, he can't do his job. Dementia. Dementia, bro. Dementia hits at 70 for him? <laughs> the way he's been putting rosters, it should have been at 50. The way he's been putting rosters together, it should have been at 50. I'll be on your side if, if he signs Conforto to a long-term deal. <laughs> if they re-sign Conforto after this type of season and after what this inconsistency he's had throughout his career, then, yeah, I'm, I'm on Mars's side. Sandy Olsen has to go. Let's not forget. I, I didn't even mention the Kumar Rocker debacle. Oh, yeah. When I was talking oh, about yeah. the, the decisions <laughs> that they made this year. Every other team let him drop. The media, the media, understandably, the media didn't know why he was dropping. They were shocked. The Mets should have known because ten other teams did. That was not wrong. Want to see. It's not pretty. Am yeah. I wrong? It's not Has pretty. anything that I said been false? Nope. It's not pretty. It's really not pretty. All right, quickly. I want to get to. We'll talk about it for a couple minutes before fun facts with Jack. Um, early impressions. We have a month to go before the football season. Um, from the Jets and Giants. Uh, the Jets did play starters. The Jets did play uh, their first team offense and defense. So we got to see that from the Jets, but the Giants didn't. So it's obviously not the most accurate representations of what this team, what both of these teams are going to be, but I think that we could take some impressions. The main impression for me um, was that you're already seeing the difference between Robert Sala and Adam Gase. You are. Just with the mental toughness on defense, um, with how players are responding to him. It's obviously early. It's obviously in training camp. People are trying to get jobs. But the defense especially, they're playing with speed. They're, they're batting down passes. They, they didn't have a lot of interceptions with, under Adam Gase. They didn't get a lot of deflections or fumbles or turnovers. They already got in one game against the Giants. I know it means nothing, but to see C.J. Mosley after a season off, after a year of injuries, come back and play like he did, I get it. It's one game. We can talk. It's one game, but it looked good. And I'm allowed to be after after years of, of the Jets being the Jets. I'm allowed to be optimistic. They're winning I'm allowed four to be optimistic year. after watching that yeah. defense. They're winning four games this year, Jack. One, one. If they win yeah. four games, it's guess what? It's double what they had last year. Yeah, because I got an extra week, so it's not really double. 
All right, Kurtz. All right. And if we, I'll, we're going to okay. go through the schedule before the year starts. We're going to go and we're going to play the game. Win, loss, win, loss. But I, I think that they could get more than four wins. I think they could get six. I don't know wins. their schedule. I'm just saying it off the top of my head. When we go through a schedule, I might have a different number. But here's my. Let's, my biggest takeaway for the, on the Giants aspect of it is the lack of bet that they have on the offensive line. It's just their offensive line has been a problem for decades now. For the past decade, they haven't been able to shore up that offensive line, and it just it hasn't given Eli Manning before and now Daniel Jones um, any um, any leeway. They have guys like Brett Heggie and Ed Larson and Kenny Wiggins who are not guys who, especially after injuries, you want to be playing. You, they needed to shore up that offensive line. They did not do a good job of that in the offseason. Their offensive line has Andrew Thomas, Shane Lemieux, Nick Gates, Will Hernandez, who has been, hasn't been improved since his rookie season, and Matt Pert, who I don't even know who he is. And they have Nate Solder, 74-year-old Nate Solder probably at this point. So wait, Nate Solder, sitting, he's older than Sandy? Yeah. Wow. He's older than Sandy. So we have the mental <laughs> offensive line on the New York Giants. Just makes sense. Sorry. Nate's, honestly, Nate, I, he's half that. He's 33, but still. But at, he's pretty old, and he didn't even play last season. Definitely not. And it just it's a lack of depth on that offensive line that I'm worried about for the Giants. Yeah, it's been the it's been the problem forever. Uh, and yeah, Eric Flowers and Andrew Thomas definitely not the answer. And curious to see what the answer would be moving forward because I honestly don't see it on the roster right now. All right, all right, boys. Time we've all been waiting for. First, before we get to the fun facts with Jack, which I'm just gonna read. Because I think it's it's potent for me to read and it's topical. Before that, we're gonna do a little top five in honor of the great Don LeGreco. So my top five baseball movie list. This is my top five. Please argue with it if you'd like to. Wait, can my I guess? top five baseball movie. Can we guess? List. Can we guess? Yeah, can we guess? guess? Yeah, let's guess. Joe, go for first. Joe, go. Sandlot, better be up there. That is number two, Sandlot, one of the greats, July 4th, just a staple, just an American staple, an all-around great movie, and I think that baseball should try to do that. Instead of having, you know, the game, which Field of Dreams, I guess they built the stadium, but instead of having the same sale game every year, and you're going to get tired of it eventually, Try some new games. Go to the Sandlot. I'm interested to see what they could do with that. All right, you're up next, Morris. Moneyball. Wow. All right, we're, we're guessing that is number five, Moneyball. The great and Sandy Alderson's involved a bit in that one too, Morris. Yes, if, you wanna, if you want to, if you want to insult Back him, like that. but <laughs> Moneyball is fifth on the list. Joe? All right, I'm going to go with one. I don't know if you will have on the list, but it's one of my all-time favorites. Rookie of the Year. No, please. No, 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 no. Please. Rookie no, of the Year did not make wow. the list. Thank did you, thank you, thank you. Not one, of, not one of my favorites. No, it was not a horrible movie. movie. It was a great movie. It's a horrible movie. There's okay, a lot okay, of great baseball movies out there, but it's not. it's nothing special. No, it was special when, you know, at the end where he, he rips off the glove patch and he sees that it's his mom's name 
and he has Meany on the Mets on, up, up at the plate, and he just lobs the ball over and he strikes out, and the Cubs win the World Series. Magical. It doesn't, do, it doesn't do it for me. That's magical. You can have any plot point in, in, in any movie. Come on. I agree. That, for that me? Pitch for the Cubs? No. I'm going to tell no. Henry Rowan got to make the Mets the villains. They had to make the Mets the villains. No. Yeah, no. but Henry Rowan Gardner was a was a classic baseball movie character, in my opinion. But okay, Marsco. This is my favorite baseball movie, but let's see if you, Jack agrees with me. 42. 42. It's very, very, very solid movie. Very solid movie. And Did when you think sure. about these movies, you don't think about modern movies. You really don't. You Did don't think list? about modern movies. And guess what? Guess what, Morris? You have it at one, number one. Number four. All right. That's good. 42. Okay. So what? We have two, four, and five, right? 42. We have it started two, the great four, Tywick Boseman. Five. The great two, late Tywick Boseman. The great. All right. Rest in peace, Chad. You're missing one and you're missing three. Joe. Okay. I know your one and three is not going to be the one I'm going to suggest, but. I did like this movie too, so I'm gonna throw it out there. Angels in the Outfield. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It was a great movie. Great movie. Great movie. I knew it wouldn't be on the list, but it was a great movie. This was my favorite. Wait, 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 Mars. Let me me just throw one more out there. I know it's not gonna be on the list, but I just like it. No, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. You wait your. No, no, you have to follow the order. Okay, fine, go. Expect it. Uh, So, Angels in the Outfield was one of my favorite childhood movies. Another one, as I got into my ten-year-old age. Bench warmers. There's no way it's on the list, but that's one of my favorite. I'm not movies. a big bench warmers guy. I really, really? am not a, a big bench warmers guy. Jack, you're lame. Never, never found it to my liking. Never found it to my taste. Okay, I'm gonna throw out two right now. One that I know is not on no, the no, list. No, 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 one, one. Should I throw out my stupid one or should I try to get on the list? Try to get on the list. No, but I want to throw out my stupid one. It's my favorite. I like it better. Fine, I'll go on the list. Major League. Major League is number one. It's a classic. Really? It's a classic. Uh, trying to overthrow the owners. Sam better. Get... Just put it out there. No. No, it's not. Major League is it, – it, it's one of the best baseball movies. It's the best baseball movie ever made, and it's my favorite baseball Who movie. Is, I haven't all watched it elements. in 10 years, it and I don't remember it. the elements that you need in a great baseball movie. It does. I haven't watched it in 10 years, so I don't remember it. I'm not going to lie. I'll be candid here, and I will revisit it and get back to you on this. Okay. Now, for me, let's think. We just watched the Field of Dreams game. So, it's Field of Dreams on the list. Field of Dreams, it's a good movie. It's a good If you don't movie. have it on your list, then Emphasis it's on good. It's not, oh, my God, you ever watched Field of Dreams? You know, from having that, your mother, Field of Dreams? Yes, Sorry. that's the point. Sorry. What did Barney Stinson say? The only time a bro it's could cry Rudy. is when. It's not Rudy. Rudy it's not Rudy. Cry. It's not Rudy. All right. I'm throwing out my It almost made movie. the list, but it did not make the list. So we have one. We have two. We have four and we have five. Three is going to shock you. I'm going to throw out my stupid shock you. I'm going to throw out my stupid movie just because I want to say it because I liked it as a kid. I know it won't be on your list. I know the zero shot will be on your list, but it's a good movie. Little Big League. Hmm. You don't know? Okay, so it's about that the guy in the Twins, his dad dies and he becomes the manager of the Twins. Mars. Yes, you know I do. Movie. Yes, I do. I, I, know yeah, that movie. I remember yeah, that I remember movie. That movie. No. Yes, yes, yes. 
spring no. and then he, he tells yeah. the guy at the end if he hits a homer he can marry his mom but then he like flies out i think ken griffey jr yes, I, do. I remember i remember the movie yes great movie okay this movie so many great i hope is on this movies. for the love of the game nope all right you ready wait okay you go joe and then i'm gonna ask my question and then i'll go is the le- actually I have two more baseball movies in my mind. Bad News Bears. Great movie. Almost made the list. Really almost made the list. That's a classic movie, Jack. Classic movie. Classic movie. Great movie. You know, it's really the precursor to Sandlot. Without without Bad News Bears, there was no Sandlot, no Mighty Ducks. Just one of those movies, you know? And did they make the list? Like get it started? D- did not make the list. Who are you taking out? Question. The, if, can I, is Sandlot it doesn't encompass Sandlot 2 and Sandlot 3 correct? Sandlot's the whole series I'm not getting into 2 or 3 okay so then that changes my fever by the way Bad pitch. News Bears the, the, the second one no it's not the original the 70s version uh, I'm just saying ruined the whole thing ruined it for me fever pitch absolutely not I don't consider that as a baseball movie um, okay. I know this one. I think we the list either, but it's just one that comes into my mind. Trouble with the curve. No. 61. Uh, I'm just reading down a list. I'm going to say it. No, no, no. One more, one, give me one more guess. One more guess. I'm, I'm reading okay, off one list. more guess. I wasn't reading off a list half this. Now I am, and I'm going to throw it out there. You ready? You guys are going to kill me for this one, but I love this movie. I know what it is, actually. Okay. It's either called The Rookie or The Natural, something like that. And such a young movie that I know that you know it's there. It is the rookie. I told you. I knew it. I didn't even see oh, it. Oh, stop not... that! It is the rookie. It it's is about. This, it's not even on my baseball list. I can't teacher. find it. It is about a high school teacher with mm. a great arm who gets up. He goes to the minors and he gets to play for the Tampa Bay Devil the, Rays. This, the classic what a great Disney, movie! Disney what movie. a the great Disney movie, movie starring Dennis Quaid. What a great movie! Quintessential baseball. All right, so read down your list. The guy struggling with the talent. He gets discovered. It's the American dream. It's the American dream. Here's my list. Major League, Sandlot, The Rookie, 42. And which one did I miss? You tell me. It's your list. Moneyball. Now, almost made the list. Almost made the list, and I can't believe you never said it. What a great movie. A League of Their Own. Yeah. Great movie. Come honestly, on. I don't You're think I watched it. it. No, You're I honestly don't think I watched it. it. A League of Their Own is a great movie. Field of Dreams almost made it, didn't make the cut. Who are you taking out? You'll probably say Rookie. A rookie. The Rookie, a but it's a great choice. movie. It was it's a very clear movie. choice, Jack. Now, I want to read a little bit of a stat, okay? Sure. Uh, we're very overboard in time. doesn't matter. I want to read a stat. Producers aren't going to like this, Jack. Shoeless Joe Jackson, Morris. Shoeless yeah. Joe Jackson is banned from the Hall of Fame for the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, for Black Sox wow. scandal. Right? Wow. He's one yeah. of the focuses of Field of Dreams. One of the focuses. And he's still not in the Hall of Fame. People love to argue for Pete Rose, Barry Bonds. Shoeless Joe should be in the Hall of Fame. Batted 356, 
1,772 hits, 55 home runs. I know, I know exactly where you're going with the stat. 785 runs batted in. I want to hear. I know exactly where you're going with the stat. He never won. He never won. He never won a batting title. No, no, no. Uh, Did he actually? I'm wondering. You ready? That's what I want to know. Guys, he got. He got banned, right, for throwing the World Series. Yes. What do you think his record was in that World Series? He was an outfielder, no? I'm sorry. What, what was his average in the World Series? 600. It wasn't 600. 400. It was 450. It was 450. It's close. It's Four. close, but not. You're overestimating it a little bit. 372. He hit 375. Wow. That was close. Get three seventy-five on your fourth on your fourth catch, Joe. No, if that's throwing the World Series and that gets you banned from baseball, we got a little bit more problems than Rob Benfred. And that's it for Gotham Sports Report. That's your fun facts with Jack. Ran a little bit overboard, but we'll see you next week on Gotham Sports Report. Thanks for listening to the Gotham Sports Report podcast. Tune in every Sunday at 4.30 on WNYU or catch us on Spotify.